Welcome back to the Explore NAB podcast. We're excited to have you with us. Uh, we're sitting down again this week with church planter Chris Fitchum, who recently launched CityWalk Church in Yuba City. John Cassidy, who recently launched Hope Community Church in Antelope, California. And Jamie Hamlet, who is preparing to plant Disciples Church in Mandan, North Dakota. Week two conversation spins the gamut from fundraising to how in the world to relate in a godly way with our sending church. And how do we go about discerning our call to plant a church? It's a great conversation. And you and I had coffee early this morning and you were talking about a few things that were right. like, whoa, some big ahas. Right. One of those being fundraising, which, I, mm-hmm. you know, I think every church planter has got to come up against that. Whether whether that planter is planting in a bivocational um, house church network style, whether that's a, a big splash Sunday launch, no matter what mm-hmm. way you plant your church, you, you've got to wrestle mm-hmm. with this fundraising issue. Right. What are you learning about fundraising having your pre-launch? What have you learned already? And right. then, oh, God, I want to hear from you guys yeah. too on that. We yeah. very definitely um, wrestled with that while we were here. Uh, Marge and I very much came in with the mindset. We, we thought very locally. We thought her and I, as long as we had enough money to support us, that we could plant the church and it would just develop into this wonderful thing out of all the people that would be tithing or uh, giving or whatever, you know, just kind of this completely wrong idea and uh, have very much in speaking with, with Chris and Matt and John and other people, just the absolute need to be fundraising. Um, and as a matter of fact, uh, Matt, yesterday, he said, you're always fundraising. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He said, it just goes from external to internal, really. Yeah. Um, so that uh, was just a, a very much a paradigm shift for us to start thinking as a church planter about the church surviving, about that the, can the church afford to be planted rather than just mm-hmm. the two mm-hmm. of us as planters. I think one of the things we came up against 10 years ago was that the sending churches were really rare back then. It was really hard back then to get a church to say, hey, we'll, we'll get behind you and send you out. Uh, very much the exception, not the rule. And yet all three of you have sending churches. And I'm hoping that that's a, not an anomaly. Like you guys are all tremendous leaders and godly guys. But I'm hoping that has turned, the tide has turned on that. Can you guys talk a little bit about your sending church relationship and what that's looked like and and h- how critical that's been in your I think journey? that dovetails with fundraising too because yeah. if, if God is is calling us to this this big vision that mm-hmm. is going to reach the lost the the de-churched people that that really need Jesus money is a resource and and people may not be able to go they may not be able to uh, to, to put as much time and energy into something, but they could give. And mm-hmm. so we're inviting people into a much bigger story that God's called us into. And I think it's somewhat selfish for us to go, hey, this is my thing. God's right. given me this. And, <laughs> yes. uh, and you guys, you have your thing over there, but it's one big church that God's mobilizing to say, hey, my presence needs to reach everyone mm-hmm. uh and luke luke chapter 10 was like huge that. for me when we first started um mm-hmm. 
Jesus is, is telling his his disciples, and he's like, the harvest is plentiful, mm-hmm. but right. the workers are few. Pray mm-hmm. that God would send people. And I think in a lot of established churches, people have been praying that revival comes, that that God would raise up leaders to go go do something. And then when he does, like we're now giving them an opportunity to, to come with us and to see the lost reach for Jesus. And mm-hmm. that's, I think, why we fundraise is to invite people into the bigger story and uh, and giving sending churches the opportunity to to really like invest into what God's doing in a new area. Yeah. Well, I think the other thing that I mean that's worthy of mention in your story, John, was you were on staff at a sending church, and you and Sarah felt the call to plant Hope Community. I don't know if you knew it was going to be Hope Community, no. but you felt the call to plant Hope Community <laughs> way yeah. before, and yet remained faithful in your sending church, served heartily continue to build relationship talk about that because i'm sure there were times along the way where you're like man i'm ready to plant but i need to see this through so i I think sometimes god gives and i don't know what calling looks like for you guys specifically but but for me like god gave me a calling but i wasn't ready yet Mm -hmm. essentially he was he was preparing me Mm -hmm. to what he was going to do in our lives and Mm -hmm. and so we felt called to plant a church and i didn't feel like i was equipped to do that and Mm -hmm. as uh, God was working in our in my life and training me, equipping me. Uh, we got to do that at our sending church for 15 years, uh, learning and growing. How how do I raise a family? How do I lead people? What does that look like? But then it got to a point where um, if if we didn't go, we would be um, disobedient to God, sure. and that was this this crisis of faith because like we had this relationship with all these people that we loved and to leave would be to say goodbye to them and leaving would also kind of create a hole within the organization that uh that we came from and so how how do we how do we do this and so we we prayed a lot and um the the elders of our church um listened to my wife and my heart as far as what god was doing and we asked them to fast and to pray about do you feel like God's calling us to do this? And it mm-hmm. was unanimous, like yeah, we we really feel like God's calling you to do this. Mm-hmm. And then the next question was like, so you want to support us? <laughs> right, of course, <laughs> the international, you? the yeah. international handshake of all church planters, right? <laughs> give me, give me. And then Chris, your story. I mean, I I tell your story everywhere I go in terms of that call of you know getting on that airplane, leaving vacation, all those yeah. years. For us, it was. Uh, I grew up in Florida, and my wife, most of you guys know my story, my wife grew up in Northern California, and so we've been married about 21 years, and just every other year we would come out like clockwork to come for vacation, spend the holidays here, and would always leave with an angst and a burden for the area to the point where we'd go home, and in our prayer journals over the years, you see prayer requests for Northern California and Yupa City, and so for us it was, we didn't know it, John, but God was preparing us too. Uh, God was, we never saw ourselves living here. We never saw ourselves planning a church. But over those 20 years, just God continued to work in our heart and prepare us for about two and a half years ago when we were out here. And it was, you know what? We need to do more than just pray. Maybe we should come and plan a church. And and God used just that, that time out here to do that. And so uh, in our sending church, uh, is Centerpoint Church in Florida, the church I was on staff at, and they were so helpful. 
uh, similar to what your story was, just really being a wind in our sail and really sacrificing themselves to set us up in a way that would be uh, the best possible for us. And, and so my pastor, who's also one of my best friends, just continually said, hey, how can we help? How can we send? What do you need? You know, and, and so we're just so thankful that sending churches are so vital to really setting you up strong, but then also just being there for you in those first few months. It's just, a, yeah. hey, we're, we're cheering for you. We're yeah. praying for you. Uh, how can we come help you? And so for us, ascending church was huge. And kind of back to the, the fundraising thing, which ties in. And I think, and I heard you both say it, the word vision is is so important to that. Because nothing, and maybe you haven't experienced this, John, but there's a lot of things in this journey that want to squash your vision. And you will want to squash your own vision because at times it's like, it would get a lot more comfortable if we didn't stick to our initial vision. Mm -hmm. And I think part of fundraising is keeping that vision out there that, you know, we're not trying to plant a church with 50 people that 10 years from now, the same 50 people are here. We're trying right. to plant a church that reaches a region, that reaches the world, that multiplies itself. And so we need every dollar possible in order to do that. Yeah, it would be comfortable to just, you know, have 40 or 50 people and take a little offering and pay our own selves and we'd be good. But that's not really where I want to be when this whole life is over. Right. I want to have reached a lot of people. Mm. Uh, and so I would say for you, just keeping that vision out in front of you so that it, it honestly does not allow you not to raise money because yeah. you want to reach a, a state, you want to reach a re region, not just start a right. church. Thanks for joining us for the second installment of our discussion around church planting and the NAB. Join us next week as we dive into a pretty lighthearted but fruitful discussion with these same three guys around day one surprises, things we thought would be one way when we planted our churches and went very, very differently. I think you'll learn some good stuff and be endeared to the heart of these planters. We'll see you next week.